Welcome to the Cracked End Comedy Club! Tonight on the Cracked End Comedy Club, we have Aideen McQueen, Madeline Munford, Phil Griffiths, Simon O'Keefe, Terry O'Neill, and David Max Savage. And Eddie and Damo talk about Russia, Hitler, and Bluetooth. Hey, welcome. All right. Eddie's coming to us live from the Edinburgh Fringe, the biggest uh, arts festival in the world, on the planet, in, maybe in the universe. But don't know. Uh, maybe. Biggest and the best. It's unreal. Yeah, uh, so many shows. Oh, 4,000 shows or 3,900 and something shows are on over the month. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. The streets are rammed. People flyering you. You can't get around the corners. But the shows are great. Yeah, and what's your little uh, flyering spiel? Because you've been doing the flyering as well. You good at it? Uh, I've actually got, would you believe, I've got two people out flyering for me. Um so on day one I arrived I had no one flyering and I just arrived and uh, I, I flyered I was flyering myself flyered some guy he had a lovely smile on him and a very very charming guy he had a kind of East European accent and I was saying to him oh what do you do you live here he goes yeah I'm just looking for work you know I, I, I was doing pub crawls and I was like do you think you'd be any good at flyering he was like I think I would gave him a couple of hundred flyers gave him 10 pounds i was like do that for a few minutes there and um what? and he was he was great he's absolutely he's one of the best flyers i've ever met oh just amazing. charm on him look at and that he, uh, and he was just walking around and you flyered him and he became the flyer i i flyered him he became the flyer it was his destiny so you're and... grooming this man <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's called grooming I think you're fine. At first, yeah, it starts with the flyer. He had a nice said, smile. Imagine the same scenario, but she was a woman. She had a nice smile. I gave her 10 bucks. <laughs> Throw them out to people for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, you do. I like her. I kept her. <laughs> oh, groomy malarkey over here. I know. It was such a quick uh, exchange as well, like within minutes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that before. standing with me flyering. I think this was a success. This is great. If I can do this to every person I flyer, everyone will be at my show. Yeah, you um, just have everyone flyer. You just put, like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it turns out he's Russian. Oh, shit. Did you say, <clears throat> tell everyone you're Lithuanian? Is that what you told him? I, no, I, I, I didn't tell him... Um, I mean, I don't know how much it comes up when you're flying someone. I don't think the first thing people say is, hey, hey wait a from? second, where are you from? Oh, yeah. um, well, if he has a nice those... smile, that's very, like, not Russian, really. You know? Anyone who asks him abruptly where he's from, I don't really want them at my show anyway. So that's not... That's uh, the thing. I mean, I don't know if there's a stereotype or me just judging all the Russians that I've met. They're not huge smilers. They're not knowing for the big smiles. It's an anomaly. Also, I reckon he's left Russia because of the war. That's he said why he left smiling. a couple of months ago. <laughs> and he hasn't he really... stopped smiling since. <laughs> why are you smiling? I got out, yeah? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Jesus, they were probably trying to sign him off to the army. They were doing conscription over there. He goes, I'd much rather get 10 pounds and fly for this guy from Galway. <laughs> Uh, he gets a bonus. He gets well, well paid. He gets of course he does. Yeah, of course. And then a bonus. Of course. It's not. I'm not. I'm not using Russian child labor for my shows. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. That's one thing you didn't mention. Oh, he's eight. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute. He's dressed up People in those Russian him. little suits. He does the can can. <laughs> oh, brilliant. 
Oh yeah, that, that's the thing though. Like, because we everyone does fly, and then that's part of it. That's part of the Edinburgh Fringe. You got to sell your soul on the street, and then um, if people like the cutty jib. Here's the other thing too. If if you've been flyed by twenty people in a day, just say that's a, that's it's more than that. But just say it's twenty people, and you'd met three of the performers that actually gave you the flyer. That just narrows it right down to. Oh well, I had a connection with these three people. I had an actual laugh on the street with these three people. They probably won't. They'll probably won't sell me a bung deal if I like them as a person. Yeah, so yeah. It does... it is, it, so much of it comes down to that. But my voice is going. So I, I've only just flyered for like under about an hour a day. I can't do any more. My voice is just. So I'm doing two to three shows, sometimes four or five. Yeah, then you're out going hear five. ye, hear ye. Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. this you only told me about since after you left Dublin. But what time is your compilation show you're doing every day? Tell everyone. So the solo show is at four PM and the compilation show is at one AM. <laughs> so I kinda sit around. From five PM I finish my solo show. I go for a, a rap, a coffee. I Flaffle write a bit. Falafel. falafel rap in the place called Nile Valley. If you're ever in Edinburgh, check out Nile Valley. Wow, five pounds for any rap you want, and uh, it, absolutely stunning. Ooh. But then I, I just have loads of time between shows, and um, kind of yeah, do it's, compilations it's, it's a and chronic. Stuff? Do compilations? Other other guest spots jumping into other guest spots. Yeah, there's some great guest spots going on. We got Jack Hester was on last night, and Aaron McCann. Do you know? Did you ever hear Aaron? Aaron McCann? Yeah, from the North of Ireland. He's great. Aaron McCann, Aaron McCann. so good. Um, yeah, rips it. Yeah, they were both brilliant, and um, yeah, it's been great. Weekends been packing out. It's a huge venue. It's 150 seats, but it's a big one. Uh, weekdays, like on a Tuesday, who's out at 1 a.m.? You tell me. Just comedians and drunkards and drunkard comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just. Uh, yeah, comedians and alcoholics is not the audience you want. So and people that don't speak English, you know the the Europeans that drink all the time, but that pace themselves. Have you heard of these kind of people? The worst. God yeah. damn it! If, if you're gonna if you're you, gonna drink, learn English. Yeah, you know, you, know, you go. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's hiring Russian children. He's telling people to learn English. That's Eddie. If you're going to drink and come to my show, learn some fucking English. All right, please. <laughs> we want tipsy English speakers. That's all we ask for. Um, that's the minimum. minimum. It says it on the flyer. This is what you have to have. Minimum requirement. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, no, they're, they're great shows, but yeah, it is. It's a fucking tough. You'll feel it on the weekends. I mean, you'd feel late night shows are great fun, but yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously weekdays, yeah. a lot of people wait for Last the Last weekend was great crack, but... Um, yeah, last night, Tuesday night was uh, it was tough. There was a good crowd. It was a nice crowd, but it was like they're drunk, so <laughs> it keeps you sharp. It keeps you. You're like it's like a battle more than a comedy show. Yeah. You're like going in with a sword against like a bunch of orcs who are drunk and making noises. Yeah, and you're like, I mean, all you right, you motherfuckers, I'll fucking tell you some fast jokes and then jump off this stage before you murder me. Yeah, it's quite. Uh, yeah, it's very. Whereas the 4 p.m. show is, is lovely, so yeah, it's easy to seem sharp when they're so dull. <laughs> yeah, but I know what you mean. It's it's because people at that time they're not ready to sit and listen to some some jokes and understand it all. It is is more it is the battle. It's like come on guys, but then it's a different the attention span battle. Like you, you yeah. have to just be really quick with them because if you can't tell them a story at one a, I mean, weekends are fine because there's like a hundred and something people. And X amount of those people are going to be sober enough 
to get a full set. But yeah, uh, on, a, on a Tuesday, they're all drunkards <laughs> at 1 a.m. Literally yeah. everyone was drunk in the audience. I, I looked around and it was like, if they weren't looking at me, they were kind of looking like at someone that they thought was attractive in the audience. Yeah. That was what, <laughs> like half the people were trying to ride the other half of the people. You're just hosting an orgy. Me. Are you was, hosting it was an almost orgy or... an orgy. I was hosting an orgy. <laughs> or so speaks. I was like, right, I got to be really quick with the second short, quick jokes for these guys. So yeah. Speed dating. But it is good, man. You're going to come out of this. That's what I found. Every time I finished a, an Edinburgh Fringe run and plus all the extra shows and all that. You just come out and you're like, what else can you throw at me? And then, yeah, it's sort of disappointing when you realize the rest of the world isn't like, isn't that difficult in the performing the stages. You come out going, okay, what are you going to throw at me? And everyone's like, that was a really good show. You're like, is that the best you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You expect, I'm going to go home expecting everyone to be drunk, trying to ride each other while I have to grab the microphone and absolutely rip into them with jokes. And everyone is pleasant and listening to me. I was like, what's wrong with you people? Yeah. I remember because uh, uh, doing late in life. Of, of, of Vietnam soldiers, you know, yeah, post-traumatic yeah. stress where they're like, little things trigger them off when they're in the supermarket and they hear a bang and they're like, come on, yeah, get yeah. to the chopper. You'll hear someone, you'll hear someone uh, sip their pint and like smack their lips go, you're like, someone making out? Just r- rummaging down. Yeah. I just start roasting the table next to me. Look at the state of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, I was going to say, uh, do you know the late and live? That's still been going strong. That's one of the... It's one of the first, I believe, like the late night shows. Starts at one, goes till three, da, da, da. And uh, yeah. a lot of the time I'd be in the Gilded Balloon. Great venue. So I'd be in there for many of my... Many of the years I was there. But then... So they'd have me on, and you're right. The attention span—they're so—they're either really drunk or half asleep, pretty much, or staff members that have just finished. So you're trying to keep their attention. And I remember a couple of times I did it once, and then I, I just did it again. Well, I would just climb the wall. There was a balcony in the debating hall in the Gilda Balloon TV, and they weren't—they were like getting the jokes, but they weren't really getting. You're trying to find that connection, and they're so drunk they got one eye open trying to focus. So I was like, right. So I just. I go, you reckon I could climb up to that balcony? And they're like, Aah! and that got them, that got them awake. Aah, climb the balcony. Aah! This is about 2.30 in the morning. So then I just climbed up the balcony. But like I nearly fell off. That's, that, that's what people, hey, slipping. And, and, then, and then I went up to the top of the balcony, did the rest of my set there and, uh, and then finished. And that was nice. one of the best shows I've done. Not because of anything I said, because I was a monkey dancing for the drunkards. That was it. It's like that. Um, it's like that concert where the U2 concert where Bono climbs up on top of the the pillars onto the very roof of the stage. Oh, Have you ever yeah. seen that U2 concert? Yeah. You I was Bono in that moment. <laughs> Bold Bono. Bold Bono. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was, was like, like a thunderdome. And then he gets to Mad the top Max. and he shouts down. Yeah, revenue. You can't catch me up here. I'm never paying those taxes. <laughs> yeah, that's why I climbed. You just saw someone, uh, an auditor in the audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, sing a song. He's like, fuck you, revenue. He just climbed. Um, and like, uh, everyone was like, we don't want your free album from Apple. Remember when he did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free albums from Apple. And they're, they keep their. Uh, You're not Santa. Accounts and monies in Switzerland, I think, and in offshore trusts. 
But um, just like the Nazis, uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a stretch. But, apparently, uh, apparently, allegedly, everybody, don't worry. Allegedly, Relax. Hitler also climbed up that same <laughs> concert. Hitler <laughs> also did late in life in the gilded balloon, and uh, yeah, he had Hitler material. Also performed the late late Irish show every <laughs> night for Edinburgh. And on Tuesday, hey, I tell you one thing: he could pack the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he did have that charm, you know. <laughs> All right, so who we got? Who? How was your weekend? Oh, that's with right, the clips. Who who'd you got? Well, held down the fort. Um, the one thing that will come up later, uh, just before uh, Eddie's great with the tech. He's great with the tech. Me, not so much. I'm like more of a sticks and rocks kind of guy. And you can't uh, record Eddie... a podcast with sticks and rocks. I keep telling <laughs> Demo, that's not rock. going to record shit. That's a stick. You tap in the end of the stick. Yo, yo, can you hear me in America? Yeah. So he got this great device, that a Bluetooth. Uh, I don't know what you'd give him, buddy. Call it. Oh no, was it interfering? Yeah, so you'll hear it. <laughs> you'll hear oh, it in uh, oh. Terry O'Neill will play in a little bit. So uh, I, it was still connected to my phone. So then you could play music from the phone and that, and that would go into the sound desk, into all the speakers of the whole venue. Brilliant. And uh, But then every time you would like walk away or, the, or like to the toilet or back, it wasn't a naked gun moment where everyone could hear me pissing, but it was you walk away and it'd go boop, 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 and you get into range, you go boop, boop, boop. And then sometimes, and I didn't know what that was. I thought it was something else because I'd never heard it before. But like, it was almost like the uh, the Bluetooth were agreeing and disagreeing with people's material. Like they'd say something and go boop boop boop, and then boop boop boop. I told you that if you go too far, I said leave your phone on the desk in the room so the Bluetooth doesn't disconnect and reconnect. I, I, I sat you down and told you about this device. You didn't sit me down. It was like a meeting. Okay, now, like, sit down. I guess I'm Okay, we were walking. We we were, were walking but you did tell me. I do remember, yeah. I did tell you. I said, you did put tell your me. phone in the corner of the room when you're doing it. If you keep going out and in, it's going to be doing the beep boop But I, I had to take photos of the comedians and then I was posting it up on uh, Instagram. Anyway, yeah, but so, you can, you're still within range taking photos. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, look, so... Look, look. So there was that that, that, that that went on. But apart from that, uh, the, everything went swimmingly. It was really busy. Lots of Irish out, lots of uh, tourists out, and uh, we had great, great acts. So uh, we've got a couple from America this week. We've got uh, Aideen Simon we've had on before. Terry, uh, we haven't had on before. We've had on the show, but not on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, it's a good one. So we'll, do you want to start with Phil Griffiths, Eddie? Nice, yeah, good old Phil from San Fran. San Francisco, here's Phil Griffiths. Hey, how's it going? Cool, I can barely contain myself as well. You guys, <laughs> you guys seem great. <laughs> this should be fun. Uh, I do like to start my set out a little bit of a PSA up front. Guys, you should not be, uh, be catcalling women. Cool, ton of support. They uh, <laughs> don't deserve to be treated like objects, and rightly so, get very angry when you do. And I know they get angry. Uh, because I spent an hour today catcalling. <laughs> and uh, women were getting very angry at me. Which was kind of confusing because I was just literally uh, calling for my cat. It's <laughs> probably my fault. I probably, probably shouldn't have named my cat Great Tits. <laughs> that's, that's on me. That's my fault. I'm, I'm bad at naming cats. So. <laughs> But I like, I like coming to Ireland. I always seem to learn, learn something new when I do. And uh, today was no different. Today I actually learned about an old uh, Irish law that says it's illegal for a man to have sex with a bear in public. Yeah. Who knew, right? Illegal to have sex with a bear. 
At least I'm pretty sure that's what the manager at the Build-A-Bear store was yelling at me. <laughs> it's kind of hard to hear. I was knee-deep in bear ass at the time, so... <laughs> the sign did say stuffing station. <laughs> that's on them. That's their fault. They're bad at making signs. Phil Griffiths there! Be great. It was great to have him over. Philly boy. Philly yeah, boy. Um, and oh, who else? We got Aideen McQueen this week, the one and only. Um, you should talk about dating apps because she's dating again. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to want a man who was six foot two. That's what I was obsessed with. He has to be six foot two. Like, that's actually a little bit creepy. Like, why do I need such a tall man? Like, ooh, lift me up like daddy did. <laughs> I used to have it on my profile. I mean, that's, it's heightism. Imagine if a man did that. Imagine he, if he was like, must be 36D if she wants to get on me. I would go to fucking town on that. I would, I would get the itty bitty titty committee marching up to the doll to the parliament. Oh, I would live off that for years. So I got with this guy anyway, because there's different measurements in Ireland and England. We have, we have like imperial metric and then there's Tinder. So his Tinder height was five foot three. This man arrives, he was about four foot 11. Technically, medically, legally a leprechaun. Okay? I mean, he didn't penetrate me, I engulfed him. It was feminism in action. Thank you. Three claps, which is weird because I've had the clap three times. Perfect. <laughs> Such a bad joke. I'm so not proud of myself tonight. Uh, that was brilliant, Aideen McQueen. If you want to catch her again, check out the Crack 10 listings. She's on again in a couple of weeks. Uh, next up, we got Terry O'Neill talking about working class names. Yeah, I'm, I'm from an area called Crumlin. I know a lot of people not from Ireland in, but Crumlin's like a working class area, you know? And the first time I found out I was working class was I used to go out with a girl from Fox Rock, which is like a really privileged part of Dublin, you know? And the first time I realised I was working class was when she introduced me to her friends for the first time. Even their names alone made me feel like I didn't belong in the building. What's up, man? You can call me Turlock. <laughs> hey, man. Name's Finton. <laughs> A girl clicking over on 11-inch heels going like, well, my name is Amy, only you know with an I, then an E, and then another E, and then like a hyphen. And my mate's names are Macker, John Joe, and Stewie. More the kind of names you want to associate with the Jeremy Coyle show. Like, I mean, if you're a parent and your daughter brings home for the first time a new boyfriend who she refers to only as Macker, you don't think he sounds like a catch. <laughs> Hello, pull up a chair, sir. Macker, is it? Love that name. What's the origin? Greek? Scandinavian? You sound like a Babylonian scholar to me, sir. What's that say on your top? Glasgow Celtic. Ah, oh, your college, I bet. I had you more pegs a Cambridge, man. Lovely, I always insist on some music midway through my set. Thanks for that. Was that me getting played off, was it? That when someone goes, wrap it up the fuck, we'll play the music. Get the fuck off. <laughs> but yeah, let these be my best mates. Let's just go through those names really quickly, right? Macker sounds more like the kind of guy who probably did nasty things to animals on Halloween night. <laughs> I know, I know. John Joe sounds like the kind of guy who might sniff your seat after you get up. <laughs> it happens, be careful. 
and Stewie sounds like the kind of guy who could do cool tricks on a BMX bike. And that would be cool, but for the fact he's 35 years of age. And on the weekend, he takes too much ketamine and shits his pants. <laughs> uh, Terry O'Neill. Uh, you can hear Terry O'Neill uh, with it. It was a brief uh, interlude by Damo Clark via uh, Bluetooth. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, the the song Body, I think, from uh, <laughs> Body Yadi Yadi Yadi. Um, yeah, sorry, waiting. that was. The... I was waiting the whole time. When does Damo's Bluetooth kick in for this uh, these clips? And you can hear like I didn't know that was gonna happen, and uh, it, it just came on like I, I I unlocked my phone to send a. To take a photo send it. it the music came back on that i walked onto that music i thought it was good and uh, it just came back on again and then and you can hear the uh, the north side of dublin or the crumlin dublin sorry south side uh accent it just turned to am i getting played off am i <laughs> and terry's a boxer too You're like you don't want to mess with terry so i, I was scared and then imagine that and then i start yeah, running terry's out like the room a former, he's a former semi-pro boxer yeah you know, he, he had like a contract in new york and shit oh he knows he's his stuff very yeah, good man. boxer he, he knows his stuff and yeah. demo you're just there flippantly putting your bluetooth <laughs> on and off on the back Journey's couldn't good. give a fuck man and his great jokes at nays is interrupted. And then and then I was like, oh no. And then as I ran out the door goes, boo boo boo. As I'm running off. Oh good lord. There is something very funny that like the Bluetooth sa- connection sounds that are happy when it connects and sad when it disconnects. I know, you like, know like, oh, like oh you don't want to hear my music? Boo boo boo. <laughs> Why does it have to be sad? Like it could be um you could be going to uh, your own wedding when you just oh I better turn off the Bluetooth and then I'm, you're about to get married and it goes boop 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 you know yeah let's go and be, marry the love of my life boop 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 it should be a neutral sound don't make us sad because we disconnect I mean it's it means you're leaving the area so you're going out to live your life so it should be like hooray you know a little like, yeah, da, yeah, da, yeah. Da, 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 he's going away he's going out He's leaving the house. <laughs> the Benny Hill music is running around. The great. Oh, and here's our, here's our second American act on uh, Madeline Munford. She lives here now. And uh, she. this is a story. I'll just set it up. She just tells a story about like one of the first sort of uh, like drinking experiences she witnesses. It's a fight. It's a fight. And then there, she, she references a guy, Rob, in the front row that we've been sort of making fun of uh, during the show. So that's when she says Rob. That's who she's talking to. So here's Madeline Munford. I'm obviously not from here. My first week living in Dublin, I was walking home past my local pub and a bar fight broke loose. And I'm from New York, so I don't call cops. But there was this 20-year-old guy who was working there over the summer, and I could just tell he was like naively trying to break apart the fight, and he got drop-kicked in the face. So I was like, oh shit, okay, someone's got to save the day. How do I call 911 in Ireland? So I Google it. They were like, name, location, what's going on? Come quick, there's a bar fight in Portobello. Come quick, it's, it's really bad. It's out of control. So you can hear when someone on the other line is like putting you on hold, getting the SWAT team together. And you can also hear when they put the pen down and they bring their arms up, they're all relaxed. (laughs) She goes, who's winning? (laughs) Um, So when 
another culture shock of living in uh, Dublin. Sorry, I forgot where I lived. Um, I'm single in a foreign country, and so that means I'm on dating apps, which I think is a shared trauma we all know and love. Um, but yeah, it's making me question my sexuality because everyone on there sucks ass, and not in the good way. Um, okay, give it up for Madeline Munford. Hey, she's hey. dead right. Damn, damn, Gardy. I got something to say about the Gardy too. Hit it. There's a lot of a lot of bad governments. There's a lot of police states reading the people's emails. The Russian security reading all of our emails. The American NSA reading all of our emails. The Irish Gardaí are not reading our emails. <laughs> In my experience, the guards aren't reading their own emails. <laughs> I got scammed on Airbnb. I booked a, a cottage in Cork for 500 euro, and I arrived to the location. It was an empty fucking field. So I went to the Garda station. I told the guard I got scammed on Airbnb. And the guard said to me, well, lesson learnt. <laughs> you won't be using Airbnb again. <laughs> Thanks for warning us anyway. <laughs> no, 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 I'd like to report a crime. Report it to who? <laughs> Lads, be careful on Airbnb! <laughs> Thanks, now, go on, off with ya, off with ya. Like, some guards think their job is just chat to people. That's all it is, isn't it? <laughs> oh, your friend was murdered? Oh. Well, you won't be going down that alleyway again, anyway. <laughs> eh? Hey, Eddie Malagi on the guards there. There's Eddie on the guards. Lesson Less learned, lesson everybody. Learned. <laughs> you know, they're lesson more... They're, they think their job is more emotional support than... Uh, and crime fighting, isn't it? I um, but for my show in Edinburgh, I, I I actually I used that lesson learned about four times after that story because it works every time. Anytime someone in the audience does so something silly or I in the story fuck up, you know, it's just back to a lesson learned. Um, you <laughs> need learned. you need like a like it's like a cartoon almost. You need like a guard following you around at all times. Anytime a crime is committed and it backfires, he just pops his head in, well, lesson learned, and then music comes on and, and fireworks. That'd be a great cameo character to have, a big culty head. Yeah. That's just waiting backstage in a guard uniform. And then every time he just picks his head out, lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a, that'd be a really good sketch show uh, character that's come. Everything, it doesn't matter what's going on. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the crime committed was. He never does anything. But he just reminds people there was a lesson somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Learn um, that lesson. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've got another clip of you, Eddie. Do you remember um, the bit where you're talking to some guy in the crowd uh, back in Dublin last week? And he was, uh, he had just found out a week early that he'd been accepted into the Marines. Oh, yeah. And then you yeah. went off on, of course, being uh, where we are in this point in history, you went on about Russia. <laughs> I mean, he could have been—he could have been accepted into the fucking post office. I would have went off on Russia anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't matter what the guy's job was. I was just waiting to get going on Russia. Okay, let's anytime talk about I Russia can. some more. And yourself? Uh, so I'm doing the Royal Marines in North in September. Nice. So, I'm just so you, you've gotten in because it's a—if there—it's a tough application process yeah, to get to be an officer. Took eight months. Nice. Well, fucking congrats, man. You're going to be. Like, uh, the Marines as well. Yeah. They're the toughest of the tough, aren't they? The Marines. Yeah, he's a very humble man, apparently. So, but, uh, <laughs> I am a tough man. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to be a Marine. How long is the training? Yeah. Fifteen months. Fifteen months. Yeah. 
and stationed uh, straight over to Russia to fight World War III. Fair play, man. We need, we need you guys. We need you. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thank, thank you for your service. Go and get those Russians, huh? I saw, do you know they had the, um, the, the uh, Russian TV? They had like that uh, little TV spot they did about how they would nuke Great Britain. Did you see that video they made? Has anyone else seen that? Yeah. That they would do, it, it would be like a, a submarine missile, like a torpedo that is just like automated, like a kind of fucking AI torpedo that navigates all around the world and just like ex explodes outside of Britain. And then it just like launches this huge tidal wave of toxic waste right onto Britain. But the video, right? So this, this whatever news anchor was like, this is how we would launch a nuke at Britain, like trying to put fear into Britain. And then it shows the, the like fucking torpedo going in and then it explodes and it explodes outside of Ireland, and then Ireland is washed over first. <laughs> and, then, and then it kind of hits the Britain shore slightly. But Ireland just doesn't exist, right? I was like, why, you never mentioned Ireland in the fucking news anchor. I was like, this is how we're gonna get Britain. I was like, hold on! <laughs> we're here first, and Britain was like, that's great, yes, destroy Ireland first, yes. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a weird fucking, Jesus, we're tough times, tough times anyway. Unemployed, back to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then back to the dude that didn't have a job in the audience. <laughs> well, just to clarify, all those dudes were British and he was joining the British Royal Marines. But did we say that? I don't know if he came across. No, but you could hear yeah. you do You could hear him finally and you could also hear you doing his voice, which is very British, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was cool. That, that is a very funny video, though. The it's it's up on YouTube, but it's from Russian TV, and it's so it, it's like Bond villain level evil. Like the the Russian government, their propaganda, they haven't even bothered to try and coat it in like, oh, we're trying to defend ourselves. No, they're like, this is how we will destroy the world. And that was oh, on oh, their oh. news. They're like the six o'clock news while you're having dinner. Yeah. Yeah, they had like a, a, a graphical recreation of how they're going to destroy Britain. Not, wow. I don't think they mentioned Ireland or our island in the whole segment, but we are we are actually the ones who disappear. It made no sense. It's like that's a um, classic Irish uh, uh, reaction there. Just like not the fact that it's going to blow up a whole country. It's like they didn't even mention us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ireland? Do you have any family from Ireland? Have you been to Ireland? Do you love Ireland? Do you want to blow us up? Blow us up! You didn't even tell them. You... What about us? You're gonna do it. Blow off a little bit our... of Ireland. I'll just mention if, our if, island or something. If they had said we're gonna blow up Britain, but we're gonna start with Cork and then move up to Kerry and then Limerick, I'd have been like, ah, that's a nice little news piece yeah. there. No, they're very. Uh... It reminds me of the the Springfield movie. Do you know when they put the dome over the city and that screen comes on? It's like Springfield, you are doomed. That guy's like, whoa, Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Ireland just wants to be this like notice because it's a small island. It's like notice us, hey, yeah. hey, notice yeah. us. We've just hit five million people. It's the highest, uh, it's the highest population since the famine. Hey, can you notice us yet? Do you want to blow us up in your little World War Three game? Hey, yeah. You know, the, yeah, that's interesting. Five million people, highest since the famine. We had eight million people. Eight I mean, million. we're actually, I think we're six and a half million because Northern Ireland is about a million and a half, right? So we're still much less than there were than the when famine times. That's crazy. So Ireland, Ireland's got a lower population by a million and a half people. And yet right now we've got a chronic housing crisis, <laughs> right? We have like the worst housing crisis we've ever had. Mm. There's that thing on Daft uh, published something today saying 
there's 97% less houses available to rent this year compared to last year. 97%. That's nearly all of of the percent. There's nearly only a couple of hundred houses available to rent across the whole country right now. What is going That's on? That's all we there need, is. Do you know what it's, we need? It, we need another famine. We need another emigration. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but how did, in the famine times, they had 8 million people, and they could house 8 million. How could they house 8 million people with a fucking, all they had was bricks and a shovel back then? Yeah. And yet, we can't even house 5 million in the Republic, and we've got fucking Google and all these big tech companies and all these yeah. big construction companies. And what, we can't house them? The fucking famine times were more efficient. Do you know what I think it is? The big kitchens. Everyone wants a big kitchen these days, and this has only been in our lifetime. Have you, have I you seen what Irish I kitchens are like? Say, I thought you were going to say, don't blame big tech, Eddie. It's big kitchen. Big kitchens uh, you need to look at. Everyone wants big rooms, and you go out, and it's an open-plan kitchen with huge windows that opens into the backyard. See, back in the day, there was like a t- one little sink and epoxy window facing out into the backyard or courtyard or wall, and the rest was just beds and mattresses and people sleeping around inside. It's because yeah. there's, there was no rules back then of like how many people you could like have in a house, probably. Maybe. Yeah, that might be. That might be. All right, maybe my arguments. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I concede people were in tenements overpopulated and dying at the age of 25 okay okay they were maybe do you times. know what we need to bring back the triple bunk bed that's all we need yeah yeah why why are our bedrooms always like measured in width of like oh 10 meters wide yeah. no bedrooms should be measured in height height 100 meters Stack high them up. It's, a bunk, it's a bunk bed <laughs> It's just a, that's what we we stop building a big apartment blocks. Just build giant bunk beds in the middle of the city. Do you know what? No one's ever done this. They did a census recently, and, the, and I haven't seen the results of this. I reckon the five and a half million, or the six and a half million, seven million, whatever, however many people there are on this island, the weight of these people would still be more than the eight million people back in the famine. We're all overweight. Yeah, yeah. So we probably we probably can't fit all these fat bastards. <laughs> Since the famine, we've been going nuts on chips. Uh, for, <laughs> what do they, they got? Loaded chips, loaded chip vans. Not just chips; they load them up with meat, cheese sauce, like jalapenos, whatever you can think of. We've got the whole. We got the whole world cuisine, and since the since the famine, Irish people have been like, "Yeah, this isn't gonna happen again." I'm gonna make sure of that. If the Irish tried to emigrate to America on those famine ships again, they wouldn't make it. The ships would just sink. Just sink. These fat bastards with their breakfast rolls. <laughs> they got the baguette from France and filled it with a full English, a full Irish fry. I almost said English fry, that would have had me killed. <laughs> We've you, mentioned you Hitler. We've mentioned the Russians. You yeah. say English or British, good lord, you'll get killed. Um, and we got we got a clip from the brilliant Damo Clark as well. Hey, we got a clip week. from me, eh? Yeah, uh, on fire. What do you study? Uh, law. The law, fuck. <laughs> got it serious all of a sudden? <laughs> Keep it light, mate. Keep it fucking light, bro. We're just talking about hammers and calculators. We're coming with your fucking lawyer bullshit. What kind of law? Uh, oh. <laughs> do you go to wear wigs and capes and shit? Do you do that? Uh, no, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no,
no, no, none of those capes or wigs. No, no. Uh, and what was the last case you were working on? Uh, I was actually working for a charity. A charity? Oh. <laughs> Are you suing the charity or what's the crack? <laughs> what's the crack with the charity? What are you doing law wise the charity, mate? Saving young children. <laughs> the time and he has to go and do his show he has to go and do his show in Edinburgh and uh, hey if you're in the Edinburgh Fringe go see uh, Eddie's show I think it's uh, I think it's free I mean like you can pay a little bit to book a seat but I think you just rock up and then there's like a collection at the end but uh, it's a great show I've seen the preview already so if you're in the Edinburgh Fringe go see that um, oh there's tons of shows you um, <laughs> see uh, Helen Bauer I just she's great I've, um, known her ages and she I just performed with her at the uh, Paddy Power Comedy Festival so uh, oh, Bauer I think that's how the Australians would say it but it's B-A-U-E-R uh, Madam Good Tit is the show and Sean Walsh is on at the stand so um, go to the, there's just a couple of recommendations but um, yeah back to uh, the comedians holding down the fort in Dublin like myself is uh, one of the the best I think I see him all the time and he's class every single time it's just non-stop jokes, is Simon O'Keefe. And he was on uh, after Aideen McQueen this particular night. And uh, Aideen has a, a broken arm. Not that you would have been able to tell just from listening to her. But uh, one of the jokes is uh, in her cast, she just pulls out these bottles of beer and cans. <laughs> She's like, having a broken arm is great. She just pulls out all these drinks and bottles. So, um, so fingers crossed her arm is still broken <laughs> in the next few weeks. So you get to see her do that. But Simon... Uh, references there's uh, beer cans the summer still full and then bottles of beer as well so Simon references this in this clip so here's Simon O'Keefe by the way that other can that Aideen threw at people that's still going by the way if you want that like just fucking free drink no I'm drinking it yeah but there's another one there Dude, that well. that's the spirit you know uh, <laughs> it's just I'm Irish I don't even drink but I still just do not like to see alcohol going to waste there's just this like little like one of my parents voices in the back of my head just going and was like come on they're sober children in Africa what are you doing come on <laughs> but yeah it's, it's like uh, go, going back to you know like Mike Pence uh, you know and all that there's this theory that's popular amongst right wing Americans and this theory is that homosexuality is not just the way that certain men happen to be born or if they need money but what causes homosexuality in men according to these right wing Americans is an absent father and an overbearing mother now people do we think that's true yeah. oh fuck wow this, <laughs> that joke has now backfired on me uh, well, it's not true, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you how I know it's not true, because I live in Ireland, you know. If that's what caused homosexuality, Ireland would be the gayest country in the fucking universe. You know, the St. Patrick's Day parade would actually be good for once, you know. It's like, s straight men would be kept in zoos and forced to breed like pandas, you know. You would not be able to walk down the streets but for tripping over French bulldogs, you know. It's like, 
our two biggest exports would be lubricant and antiques. The horse racing industry collapsed because all the ketamine was gone. And the harnesses. You know, but like it also see most homophobia comes from blokes, comes from lads, and like fellas, blokes, let's be honest, none of us should be homophobic for one main reason, and that is every man masturbates, and masturbation is the gayest thing he can do as a man. You know, having sex with another man is less gay than masturbating. Because when you're masturbating, what does you involve? It's you playing with a cock for your own erotic satisfaction, just sitting there alone in the park. You know. I think it's just like, when, you know, whenever anything to do with gay rights or gay marriage comes up, some people bring out a religious argument against it. And they'll say, it's like, oh, well, it says in the Bible that homosexuality is wrong. And fair enough, it does say that in there. But, you know, it, come on, it says a lot of fucking things in the Bible. Like, it also says in the Bible that turtles are evil. That's in there. Uh, that piercings are wrong, that tattoos are wrong, and that if a woman is menstruating, you should not let her leave the house. And if a woman arrives home and she has started to menstruate, you should not let her into the house. Now, come on to fuck, like, you know. Just because all those things are true, that does not mean that everything in the Bible is true. And I'm getting one or two filthy looks right now, so I would just like to point out now that I didn't fucking write the Bible, okay? I just look like I did, you know. <laughs> Simon O'Keefe there, uh, about homophobia. Good on you, Simon. So uh, we'll finish off this episode with uh, Dave McSavage. And uh, if you haven't uh, seen him or heard him before, shame on you, uh, this guy. Uh, if you want the purest raw, what is this person thinking, then you bloody got it. And uh, we love having him on. And uh, he just rips, rips. Uh, yeah, so as far as also I'll sign off now so we can finish off with Dave McSavage. But thanks again for listening, guys. Um, yeah, Eddie has run off, but uh, he would say goodbye as well. And he'd probably say that I was a stand up, very organized character. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to get the Bluetooth correct this week. If you're in Dublin, do come uh, to the, the Crack Den. Look us up at uh, the, just a cracked in comedy club you'll find it if you're in Ireland uh, TV show six episodes are up on the Virgin Media player uh, please like and subscribe to the, the podcast as you do all the usual good stuff tell your friends word of mouth is still, uh, still it's, that's still the best I do believe but thank you so much um, well, just thank you thank you thank you one, one and all and uh, let's finish off this episode with the dulcet tones of Mr. David McSavage. What are you guys talking about, uh, Brian? Oh, oh no! Oh, that is tough. Uh, well, what? Who, spi- who spilled your pint? Who's, who spit? Who did it? Who? Brian. Uh, don't mind Brian. I told you, do mind him. But anyway, he's a good-looking dude there with the, uh, the suntan and the, the beard. His idea of a good night out is sitting in front of a mirror and having a wank. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got a neck tattoo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Fucking ooh. <laughs> nice guy. You're actually too nice to make fun of, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> such a sweet dude. 
You deserve those neck. You know, so some guys don't shouldn't be wearing them. You do, you know you, you you know what I'm saying? They go well with your whole thing. <laughs> like you have some people who wear them, you know, to give themselves, you know, like you know a bit of drama. You know, they will, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mate, get a fucking life or something. You know. <laughs> is there anybody not? Can I just? Say, is there anybody not from? Our, by the way, woke guys. I under. <laughs> I understand. The question, where are you from, I understand it is racist. Because I'm with you. I'm, I'm progressive. <laughs> you know, yeah, you guys, you want humanity to become better versions, versions of themselves. We should look to you, a fucking 22-year-old, for moral guidance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, sexism is bad. I fucking knew that before you were born, you cunt. <laughs> are you from the United States? No. Where are you from? Netherlands. It's triggering for me because I met my ex-wife in Amsterdam. So, I hope you're happy. Huh? Is that your girlfriend? You dirty bastard. This guy's had to come over to Dublin to have sex with his cousin. Ring ding 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 ding. My cousin is my lover, and my lover is my sister, and my mother is. Ah, you're very welcome to Ireland now. I hear in Ireland it's quite acceptable to have sex with your cousin.